You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. Join us for our live broadcasts on Thursday nights and immediately following every IU game at our website, assemblycall.com. That's assemblycall.com. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to another despondent post-Wisconsin episode of the Assembly Call as tonight your Indiana Hoosiers once again go into Madison, go into the Kohl Center, and come out losers. The final score tonight, 71-61. to The Badgers win after the Hoosiers held a lead for a good majority of the first half. Wisconsin just absolutely came out and decimated Indiana uh, in the second half, just continued. They grabbed the lead early. They continued to extend it in the second half. And Indiana really didn't show up to fight and play and compete in the second half. Uh, And the result, again, was a 10-point loss in a game that coming into it, given the... Uh, the guys that Wisconsin lost off of last year's team, some of the losses they've taken this year, some of the injuries that they've had, it really looked like a win could be there for the taking of all the games over the last two decades to win. This felt like the one that it could be, and it looked like it might be going that way. And then we just saw the return of whatever it is in this group of Indiana players where they just kind of stopped playing. And I don't know what it is, but we're obviously going to try and break it down here on this episode of The Assembly Call. I am your host, Jared Morris. I will be joined by Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips uh, as we try to make sense of yet another Indiana loss to Wisconsin. But let's start tonight's show as we start every show, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. So we will find something positive, and then I'll move to the side, and (laughs) Andy and Ryan can talk about some of the more negatives. But obviously for the banner moment tonight, you have to go back to the first half. Really, the only thing that you could choose from the second half is probably Josh Newkirk's pass that got def- uh, deflected and knocked into the basket by Ethan Happ uh, because that was probably the best offensive play Indiana had in the entire second half. Uh, but back in the first half, when Indiana was playing well, I know it, it feels like a long time ago, but Indiana actually had some good stretches in the first half. I thought uh, for, for a decent amount of time, they played pretty hard, too. Like I, I thought Indiana really showed themselves well in the first half, and there was a stretch toward the end of the half. You know, Indiana was up 28-24. They'd been nursing a 3-4-5 point lead there for a while, and Colin Hartman went on a little five-point streak. He made a three at the end of the shot clock that was a huge bucket. It put Indiana up 31-24, to which I think was Indiana's biggest lead uh, of the game, and that had been a really bad possession up until that point, and Colin kind of bailed him out, knocked down that three. On the next possession, then, he drove in, scored in the lane. That was his 13th point of the first half half so really culminated a nice half for Hartman and that put Indiana up 33-26 so they had a seven point lead again Uh, and obviously Wisconsin continued to score during that stretch so it was 28-24 when that stretch started and if Hartman hadn't scored those five points Wisconsin would have been ahead but Hartman did score that allowed Indiana to keep the lead at the end of the first half and at the time I thought that was going to be really important because I thought if Wisconsin had come all the way back taking the lead at the end of the first half you know, now maybe you know you go into to the locker room and, and you hang your heads a little bit because you played so well, but you don't have the lead. 
But Indiana did go into halftime with the lead, but for whatever reason, they came back and uh, and obviously didn't play well in the second half. But at least there for a brief moment in the first half, it looked like the Hoosiers were in good position uh, to finally do some damage in the Cole Center. And Colin Hartman uh, had a lot to do with it and really you know, played obviously one of his best games of the year uh, and, and really did, did a good job for most of the game. And that was the high, the high moment for him. So hat tip to Colin Hartman uh, in a game where there were a few hat tips to give out on the Indiana side. And our banner moment, as always, brought to you by our friends at Hoosier Proud, an Indiana-based t-shirt and apparel company that is by Hoosiers for Hoosiers. If you're looking for reasons to check out Hoosier Proud, let me give you a few. The first is obviously their designs. As we've been telling you about, you can get our official assembly call t-shirts there. You can also get officially licensed IU gear, and they have some cool basketball-themed shirts, some cool football-themed shirts. Uh, and then, obviously, they've got all of the original designs that made them famous. They've got some cool uh, Indiana high school uh, designs if you want to support some Indiana high schools. So go there. Go to HoosierProud.com. Check out the wide variety of designs that they have. I'm sure uh, if you have any kind of connection to the Hoosier State, you'll find something that you like. The, the second reason to go there is their philanthropy. They support Indiana-based charities. So when you buy T-shirts, a, a, a portion of those proceeds, uh, that revenue will go to support Indiana-based charities. And because you're an Assembly Call listener, uh, the third reason is our friends at Hoosier Proud are very generous to you. And they give you 15% off your entire order. That's anything. The Assembly Call shirts, the you know any of the other shirts, the mugs, anything that you get there. Use the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y. And you will get 15% off your entire hoarder. Again, the website is HoosierProud.com. All right, well, it is time to move the ball, find the open man, and get some opening thoughts from the rest of our team. Let's start with Andy and get your bottoms line brought to us by IUStore.shop. I, you know, this is this was actually the midway point of the season. 15 games down, 15 to go. And uh, I, I'm not going to declare the season over in large part so I can, you know, keep myself engaged for the last 15 post-game shows that we have. But... Uh, I think it's clear who this team We've is. We've got 15 point. of these left. Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. I had somebody say... I mean, I love my job. I, I, had somebody, I had somebody tweet at me to say, I haven't looked forward to a season ending this much since last season. So maybe that's a good way to put it. I don't know. Things are going well. Things are going well. But, I mean, look. I mean, we... we if ever there was any doubt, we know who this team is. This is the team that... Uh, you know, laid an egg against Fort Wayne in a game they should have been up for because of what happened last year and because of how well they had played the game before. This is a team that walked into a place they have had no success whatsoever recently and everything was there to be able to get a win. You've got a depleted Wisconsin team. They lose another guard in practice today. They're playing uh, outside of Hap probably 75 to 80% of the other guys that played were freshmen or walk-ons. And this is a veteran team and you wouldn't have known it by watching these guys play. You wouldn't have known it by the effort. You wouldn't have known it by the body language. You wouldn't have known it by just the general enthusiasm uh, that was played with. And you wouldn't have known it by the poise and the and the knowledge of what they needed to do to play well in the game. So I, I don't there's no other way to say it. That's who this team is. What they do from here, I have no idea. Um, but they were outclassed and outplayed tonight by a team that 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 should never have happened against. Maybe they don't win the game. Um that that to me, while disappointing, isn't the biggest disappointment that I take away from this. It was really how they played under the circumstances, and again, just showed. Uh, you know, Archie called him soft pretty early, and I think it's it's pretty hard to say that there's been any growth in that particular area from that point in the season, which I think was after the first game, uh, to where we are today, halfway through it. All right, let's go over to Ryan and get his rant. Obviously, plenty to choose from, Ryan, and Ryan's rant is always brought to us by thebiglead.com. 
You know, during the game, I jokingly said someone should have put uh, uh, Robert Johnson's jump shot on a milk carton a few months ago because we haven't found it. Well, it, it's milk carton time here for a few people. Um, and, and and I'm just going to list the guys that are not showing up, that have disappeared, and that aren't holding up their end of the bargain. Um, Robert Johnson, I think it's fair to say he has completely disappeared. Yeah, he had 14 points tonight, but did you really feel like he was driving the action or he was playing like a senior leader? No. Josh Newkirk, look, I think Josh Newkirk plays hard. I think it may be a skill level thing with him. He's just not up to being a starting guard at Indiana, uh, which is sad because I think he works hard. Um, Deron Davis, what has happened to that guy? I mean, how, how many times can you have the ball under the basket by yourself and miss a layup before you realize, I know he's got a shoulder problem. He's got a shoulder problem. He shouldn't be playing. He, he I was going to say, is he, is he hurt? I mean, he looks hurt. He's had the groin the thing. Rumor. That's the rumor. And if he is hurt, he should not be playing and, and they should work on getting him better because sending him out there when he's hurt doesn't help anything. I realize that Indiana doesn't have a ton of, of other guys through up, but you know what? Throw Clifton Moore out there. At least he'll get some experience. I mean, you know, and, and that'll help later on. But if Duran is not going to show up is going to provide you 10 minutes, a negative seven, which I know plus minus not uh, the greatest thing in the world, but get you three rebounds and two points. Um, and those rebounds, all three were offensive and he wasn't able to score other than one other time. I mean, Al Durham, he's a freshman. I realize he's having growing pains. He played 20 minutes tonight and I swear I didn't hear his name called more than once. Um, Justin Smith, I know he's just not playing much. He only got three minutes. Uh, Freddie McSwain, 12 minutes, didn't score. Devontae Green, 10 minutes, didn't score. Uh, had an assist and two turnovers. I mean, where are those guys? Those are guys you need. And th th those are guys that need to be better. And they just did not show up. Uh, Colin Hartman and Juwan Morgan, 18 points and, and 17 points, played relatively well. But you know what? Those guys also allowed Ethan Happ to grab six offensive rebounds along with Freddie McSwain and, and Deron Davis when they were in there. They allowed 13 Wisconsin offensive rebounds. That's not how you win games. And that is not how you you know, can go on the road in the Big Ten and come up with a win. I, as far as Indiana's defense goes, I think for the most part, Indiana's defense is fine. It looks much improved over last year. Even when they lose, they're playing better. Uh, the offensive rebounds were what killed them tonight, in my opinion. Um, and then they sent Wisconsin to the free throw line 24 times. Uh, but for the most part, the defense was better and is better. That's not the problem. The problem is the effort offensively and just the ability of anybody to step up and take command and take ownership of the team. I mean, I, we're sitting here begging for somebody to take some dang shots. Last year, they couldn't take enough shots, you know, but take a, take a shot, drive into the lane, actually do something. Um, and so, yeah, I'm putting all those guys on a milk carton right now because they're not living up to their... I, I want them back. I, I, I want to know, you know, we, all those guys have shown they can do stuff and that they can play at this level, uh, but they're not doing it consistently. And, and it's frustrating as a fan. It's frustrating as an analyst because I want to analyze a good team and this is not a good team right now. And, and it's even more frustrating as somebody who has seen what these guys can do and, and just watch that second half where they completely just rolled over and, and laid an egg and let Wisconsin do whatever they wanted and only scoring 61 points as a, as a, as a men's college basketball team is embarrassing and they should be embarrassed. And if those guys aren't going to show up, Archie Miller has plenty of guys on the bench who want to play and he should just put them in, just start them. I don't care. You know, send a message to these guys because I realize there's not much on the bench right now that you would think, Oh, that's a starting level big 10 player. Give them a shot. 
because it's not going to be worse than what we just saw in the second half there. You know, if Archie ever does get this thing turned around and we start beating Wisconsin, what are we going to do without the vintage rants that these losses to Wisconsin always bring oh, out oh, Ryan? Come on, dude. I'll find something to, to, <laughs> to yell about. I mean, you know, I'll I'll uh, <clears throat> I'll, I'll just not eat for like a couple hours beforehand. I'll be angry. It's fine. just I'm just trying to find the positives and there aren't a lot. Uh, you're listening to the assembly call. IU post game show. We're obviously frustrated and disappointed. And what we saw tonight is Indiana loses again in the Cole Center, 71 to 61. I'm Jared Morris here with Ryan Phillips and Andy Bottoms breaking this down. So we're going to obviously talk more about the individual players and talk about some moments and talk about some stats. I want to hit something with you guys. You know, I, I get this a lot on Twitter whenever we have games like this and people start asking, hey, how much of this is on the coaching? You know, I think a lot of people want to be patient with Archie and they understand that these are not his handpicked players. And in a lot of ways, these players are basically just showing this year what they showed last year. You know, I mean, we saw this team be so up and down and have some inexplicable performances, you know, and a lot of these players are the same. But I think I think people hope that maybe it would turn around and that maybe Archie had, you know, kind of some of that special sauce to get these guys going and to see another performance like this. I, I will say this, and then I want to get your guys' thoughts. I am not panicking about that. I feel like we still have kind of a disconnect between a coach and how he wants guys to play and a roster of guys, obviously, that he didn't recruit, that he hasn't worked with, that learned how to be leaders under a different regime. Uh, and so I'm, you know, one thing that we learned about Archie coming in is you studied what his teams did at Dayton. They were known for playing tough and playing physical. And so I don't think all of a sudden he forgot how to, develop a roster and develop a team like that and so i really think as frustrated as these games are and while yes there maybe there's a strategic thing here and maybe a button archie didn't push there that could have helped this particular game long term a performance like this frustrates me a lot for this year concerns me a lot for this year but it really doesn't change my thoughts midterm and long term about the program because i just don't think Archie Miller Indiana teams are going to play like this once his DNA is more imprinted on this program. Am I well, taking too rosy of a picture with this or how do you generally feel about that? Because I want to hit that big picture topic before we dive into the nitty gritty of this game. Um, well, I'd be fine with not diving into the nitty gritty of this game <laughs> if you want. Just forget it ever happened. But I think that that's, you know, it's like the family burying the car crash that happened or something and just never talking about it. Um, no, I think that uh, we've seen glimpses of this team playing really tough. And I'm starting to think that that is all based on the effort of Archie Miller and not being a the, raving lunatic, as he said. Yeah, that, more that than this team actually finding something and starting to play. Tough. I think it's more just I, he's just pushing them as hard as he can to play tough and they do play tough for him, but that's in fits and spurts. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not their default setting. I think Archie Miller's teams have that as their default setting and will, once he's able to sort of get the program going in his direction and everything. Um, I agree with you that this loss frustrates me for now, but I'm not worried about long-term because I don't think he's going to have, I, I, I think he's going to bring in guys who are tougher and guys who are, you know, I mean, guys who do play the way that he wants them to play and play like he played. Andy, what I, are your thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, one of the things that he's talked about from a recruiting standpoint is getting guys who can't stand to lose and have that competitiveness. And there weren't a whole hell of a lot of guys out there tonight that really looked like they were mad about about the way that the game was going. It really didn't look like they felt anything about how and the game was going. And that's the most frustrating part. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's what it boils down to for me. It was just, you know, I know Dakic said it during the game. I think Josh Margolis mentioned it um, on, on Twitter from being there, just kind of said the way guys looked in the huddle and, and whatever, just not really talking, not whatever. And so I think that's really what becomes, you know, maybe that's just another way to say toughness or, or whatever you want. But um, I, I think that to me is the difference in that, that they just, whatever reason, these guys weren't bothered enough by how things were going. And, and the minute that the second half got rolling and things started to go against them, they just kind of went into a shell and they revert back to some of those old habits. I mean, there was a stretch late in the game where it was, you know, a chance to cut the lead a couple times. And they took two threes, which, which weren't bad shots. They were open, but I mean, you're not making those shots, like go to the rim. The guy's closing out hard at you go attack somebody. I mean, you continue to shoot poorly from the perimeter and you're not going to shoot yourself out of it. You know, one of seven, you know, from three in the second half, 26.7% for the game. And four guys that scored in the second half. Wisconsin had more offensive rebounds than IU had total rebounds in the second half. Oh my. At some point, that's not X's and O's type yeah, stuff that's there. That's want to. That's Ethan Hap going between three guys and grabbing a rebound and putting it back in the basket. Uh, which so, is why I can't, which is why I can't, you know, give Colin Hartman and Juwan Morgan that much credit for, for the way they played tonight because they're letting the guy cut right through them for easy, easy rebounds offensively. And you, you know, you give up a rebound to Ethan Hap that close to the basket, you basket, you know, he's either going to put it in or he's going to get a foul call every single time. So it's just, you know, it, it's almost like there's fake effort sometimes. And, and and even from the guys you can typically rely on, and that needs to change. Brian Tonsoni has brought that up on a couple of yeah, occasions. Fake, the fake, fake hustle. hustle. Well, I, I mentioned right. I, feel like, I feel like the last few minutes of the game were kind of that. Like, no, I mean, he mentioned it in the context of like, oh, you make a really hard closeout at a guy that you just helped off of too far. I thought like they, they started to play really hard in a stretch and like really, you know, kind of got into hap for a couple minutes toward the end of the game. But by then it didn't matter. Um, I, I just felt like there was a stretch of the game where it was like, oh, we're going to play really hard now. Well, you, the fact that you're playing really hard now doesn't matter. Um, so that was, yeah, I thought there was like minutes worth of fake hustle at the end of the game to try to like, you know, make it look. But at that point, you know, where was that earlier when the game was still in doubt? I see the people in the YouTube chat are uh, talking about all the incoming recruits we have coming in next year here after the third game of Big Ten so play. You, so what you got right right now. Uh, just one final note on the Archie topic, and then obviously we'll move on. But Greg Gard said something to him after the game in the handshake line. It was a nice warm handshake between the two. And you could see, like from the angle that they were showing on TV, you could see Archie's face. And he looked up and said, thanks, I appreciate that. And I'm wondering what that could have been after this. And I'm wondering if it was something like Greg Gard saying, look, at your roster, these guys don't make sense to me either. Uh, better times are ahead. Because uh, I can't really think of what else he might have said to Archie I, after this game. I assume he said something like, you'll get it figured out or something like that. I mean, that seems to be what coaches tend to say. But Probably. Oh, Probably. All right. Well, coming up on the assembly call, I will point out tonight's meaningful moments that you might have missed. And we'll go inside the numbers. They're not going to be pretty. That is next here on the assembly call. Stick with us. Hey, just a real quick note here. The next time that you are going to shop online for IU gear, use the URL iustore.shop. That will take you to the official IU online store where they have anything you could possibly want. Candy stripe pants, the script Indiana warm-up shirt, all kinds of IU gear. And that URL, iustore.shop, is actually our affiliate URL. So when you use it, and buy something, we get paid a commission. So it's a great way for you to shop for the IU gear that you need and to support the assembly call at the same time. 
Again, the URL is iustore.shop. Please bookmark it and use it the next time you're looking to buy IU gear. We appreciate it. Now back to the show. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are breaking down Indiana's 71-61 to loss to Wisconsin tonight at the Kohl Center. A dispiriting effort by the Hoosiers uh, that really, you know, on the one hand, it's inexplicable because you wonder how, especially after playing pretty well in the first half and having a lead that can come out and play so poorly in the second half, And yet, on the other hand, it's not all that surprising, I guess, in a way, just because we've seen that from this team before. And it's just, you know, it's confounding how this team can't seem to find any level of consistency other than they are inconsistent. Um, But let's break down a few moments that you might have missed, because I think there were a couple of, of pivotal moments when the game was kind of in the balance, you know, before it, it got out of hand and, and Wisconsin was just kind of nursing an eight, nine, 10 point lead there at the end. But I thought there was the play at the end of the first half, you know, and, and look, we're probably not going to talk about it much in this game, but there were several terrible, you know, normal Cole Center variety calls. I thought, you know, some of the fouls early on Deron Davis and Juwan Morgan were pretty ticky tack. I don't think in any way they contributed to the loss because I think Indiana just didn't come ready to play in the second half. But I do think the play at the very end of the first half, you know, Freddie McSwain hustles, uh, get, gets an offensive rebound and scores, and they called an offensive foul, and he barely touched Ethan Happ if he touched him at all, as they saw, as they showed on the replay. And he so it goes, he didn't. Yeah, I know. It, it went the other way. Happ makes a free throw. So instead of Indiana going in at halftime up 35 29, and six points felt about like what Indiana should be up based on how they had played in the first half. Instead, it's 33-30, to and it's just kind of a little knock against the momentum. Now, look, if Indiana is such a mentally fragile team that that one play could totally derail them for the second half, then we have bigger problems. But I just thought that stunk. You know, to see, I thought Indiana deserved to go in up a little bit more. I thought that was a really nice play by Freddie, and I thought they got screwed by a phantom call. So that right there, I thought, uh, was a meaningful moment there at the end of the first half. And then I think, Basically, the play where the game turned in the second half, it was 46 to 45. Wisconsin was ahead. They'd been going back and forth. You know, Wisconsin kind of jumped out. They gained the lead, but then it was going back and forth. And Colin Hartman had just drained a three-pointer out of the timeout. I think it was the next possession, a bit of a heat check three. He rises up, shoots a three, and it is down and out. It rattles out. If he makes that three, uh, it would have been 48-46 Indiana up two. Instead, it goes the other way. Wisconsin drains a three. It's 49-45. Then Freddie McSwain gets blocked on the next possession. It's 51-45 with 12 minutes to go. And I don't think Indiana got any closer. I think they might have you know, kept it at six for a little while, but they didn't get any closer. And look, if that shot goes in, maybe it just delays the inevitable. But I really thought that swing right there, basically a six-point swing uh, in Wisconsin's favor, uh, was really a big moment there in the second half uh, that Indiana obviously proved unable to recover from. Uh, Andy, anything else jump out to you? Uh, You know, obviously in the second half, just when you look at, you know, what Wisconsin did, you know, Indiana's up three at halftime. Wisconsin wins the first segment six to five. They win the second segment of the second half, 14-9, then seven, three, then four to two, then nine, six. I mean, they just kept, I mean, it was just, it was kind of systematic how they just kept pushing the lead out. And there was never really a time in the second half, like a three or four minute stretch where Indiana set, like, you know, kind of shook the game by the collar and said, no, we're going to get back into this, which I think you've kind of alluded to was the most disappointing thing. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, there was a stretch in the, this might have been around the the Hartman thing that you talked about, but, um, you know, Hap goes out with about, um, looking at it now, 17, 18 left. Wisconsin's up two. Uh, he's out for a good three minutes. I think came back in with about 14 or 1350. So, um, you know, about three and a half minutes. Uh, and, and I, and they basically played even during that stretch. I mean, there was a chance, uh, I think it was right before that stretch you talked about actually, um, you know, a chance to, you know, given who Wisconsin was playing, who had, you know, really been able to, to do much of anything, uh, at that point. And, and I, you just couldn't dig in and, and kind of reclaim the lead, uh, during that point, you know, the net effect of that was, you, you know, they played seven to seven. I think the, uh, the commentator brought that up, uh, the play by play guy brought that up. Uh, when they came back out of that timeout, when Hap was back on the floor, and, I, and you know, if, if they couldn't really cut into things when he was gone, uh, based on how he was playing and how IU was struggling to defend him, it just felt like there was no way. Like that's when you have to to make some hay in the game. They they weren't able to do it. Um, you know, Davison is a guy who's got his you know one you know he's like I I kind of told you and Alex on podcast on the brink, his shoulders coming out, whatever. Like make the make the guy drive to his left, not the you know make him use his bad arm. I mean, he clearly wanted to go right every single time and he made a bucket during that stretch and, uh, you know, made some plays. It's just, you know, Aleem Ford, he's taken, you know, over half of his shots from three point range. Like that's where he's going to shoot the ball from. And so, uh, just, you know, things like that, like in that stretch, Davison made a shot and, uh, and Ford hit a three to put them back up by two kind of at the end of that stretch. It was just, you know, those kinds of little things that, um, you know, really allowed IU not to take advantage of Hap not being on the floor. And, and certainly they were, were bad when he was on the floor. But, um, you know, that was that was kind of a chance to to take that lead back and they they missed it. Brian? Yeah. I, yeah. Look, if you're a, a bench player, if you're, if you're on Indiana and you're not playing right now, uh, let's say you're Justin Smith or Devontae Green or, you know, Zach McRoberts played about 28 minutes tonight. That's good. But let, let, let's consider him. And he started. Yeah, let, let's consider him in this in this group, though. You're not one of the scholarship guys. You're not one of the better guys. You're Al Durham, too, uh, is another guy. Is another guy you can include in there, freshman. You know, if you're the young guys on this team, or you're the guys who aren't playing, Johnny Yeager, throw him in there. Sit after practice when everybody's gone. Grab a manager and shoot for hours. Just shoot, because right now Indiana's shooting horribly from three. There is nobody on this team you can rely on when you are down to hit a three to come back. There were four of 15 tonight, 26.7%. We've seen way too many games like that. The only guy who hit a three was Colin Hartman uh, tonight. They need someone who can shoot. And, and if you're Justin Smith, let's say, who's only getting three minutes a game, get yourself a manager, have him come with you, and shoot for a few hours every day. Because you know what? Indiana needs someone who can hit a three Work on your shot. I mean, this is it, it's it's truly unbelievable that a team in college basketball with this much talent can't hit threes. Uh, it just can't. I mean, wide open, nobody around you threes. And, and I know a lot of that is Robert Johnson going zero for four. Um, but if you can't hit threes when you're down, I mean, it, w Indiana got down six points, and I thought there was no chance they could come back. Why? I mean, because the offense they weren't doing much on offense anyway. And then when you throw in the fact that they can't you know, hit buckets. They can't foul a guy. And then, you know, maybe he makes two free throws, but you come down, you hit a three, at least you've chipped into the lead a little bit. Like there's nobody on this team that can do that. So if you're these guys who are sitting on the bench and you're not playing much, or you're, you know, a non-scholarship guy and you want to earn a scholarship, start shooting. Go, when you get home tonight, shoot, 
go back, shoot, work on your shot, get help, watch a YouTube tutorial. I don't care. Go Learn. to San Diego, visit the shot doctor. I've been waiting for a call all year. And Archie, <laughs> I mean, come on, man, I, I'm here. But seriously, it, you know, it's the easiest thing in the world. You can do it on your own. Practice, get better, improve, because that's one thing this team does not have, and it doesn't look like it's coming back anytime soon. Somebody needs to start hitting some jump shots, and and this team, you know, it, it, it's not looking like it's getting better. So if you're one of those guys and you want to earn some playing time, you want to be on the floor, you want all the pretty girls to see you on TV, learn how to shoot, get better, work on it, because, I mean, Indiana badly needs some shooting, and... You know, we used to always get mad when Tom Cream would say, well, we got to make shots. We at see that point, you kinda, at some point you do have to. Yeah, at some time point, you do kind of have to make shots. And Indiana has not been making shots. So that's what I would say is if you're not playing and you want to get on the floor, start practicing and start making some shots. But you know what? I, I think, though, that's also like when you look at the shot distribution, I mean, they took 15 of... 50 shots from three-point range um you know so 30 only 30 percent of the shots from three-point range which for this team is is not bad but i mean i mean 57 percent of their twos they were 20 of 35 um and, and that continues to be a strength and yet when the game they really needed to make plays in the game they just defaulted back to like well i'm gonna hit a big three here and get all the momentum I'm like well actually you're not because you've proven no ability to do that over the course of the season um, and, and so that's, that's where I got frustrated again, that, you know, that stretch in the, you know, late in the game when it was like, I, I don't want to say it was eight or nine, Robert Johnson took one, Hartman took one, although at least he had actually, you know, made one, but it was opportunities to go to the basket and maybe try to get something going there and just, you know, missed out on it. If you're going to shoot 57% on twos, I mean, other than Hap, Wisconsin didn't have anybody that could challenge shots. I used guards when they, they decided they wanted to, could really get to the rim pretty easily. And yet too often kind of settling for that Devonte, I think that's why he hardly played in the second half. You know, he took a couple long shots in the, when he was in the first half, just those aren't the shots that this team needs. And if the other team's going to pack it in and make you make those shots, so be it. But tonight there was opportunities to get to the rim that, that they took occasionally, just not nearly enough. Yeah. Well, I agree with you that tonight should not have been a night where you shoot a bunch of threes. I, I completely agree. Indiana was the more talented team on the floor and should have been able to take those guys to the hoop. And Wisconsin's two point defense has been, extremely like almost historically bad for them i mean that yeah that was the and, weakness clearly to attack but you know what at some point as you said that defense is going to collapse and you need to be able to hit something and and indiana just is not right now and somebody needs to step up and be that guy yeah. even if it's just one guy you're listening to the assembly call iu post game show i'm jared morris here with andy bottoms and brian phillips breaking down indiana 71 to 61 loss to wisconsin guys let's go inside the numbers um, you know, and we've talked about a few numbers here already. Obviously, the shooting numbers not good for Indiana. One shooting number on the positive side that was decent was Indiana made nine of ten, nine out of ten from the free throw line. So from a percentage basis, that was nice. But the fact that they only shot ten yeah. free throws while shooting fifty, well, taking fifty field goal attempts, that is a terrible free throw rate. And obviously, Wisconsin goes eighteen of twenty four from the line. So that advantage from the line. Uh, Wisconsin made 18, Indiana made nine. You know, that's obviously a big difference right there. And you you kind of expect that in the Kohl Center, obviously. Uh, but the other place where Wisconsin really made hay, and Andy, you mentioned this earlier, uh, is Wisconsin grabbed 13 offensive rebounds. 
and they beat Indiana in terms of second chance points, 15 to four. And Indiana has been a team that has really relied on second chance points. You know, you think, you know, think about how many times Zach McRoberts has gotten his hand on an offensive rebound, saved a possession, and it's turned into points, you know, or Freddie McSwain has done that. And obviously we talked about one instance where McSwain did that, but it got waved off because of a bad foul call. But still, Wisconsin on so many occasions, especially in the second half, where maybe Indiana got it to eight or nine points and they needed a stop, you know, one play in particular where Ethan Happ got his own rebound, you know, and scored those second chance points really killed Indiana. So, you know, to me, what happened at the free throw line, what happened in second chance points uh, really kind of tells the story for why Wisconsin ended up winning this one by 10. Andy, what else jumped out to you on the stat sheet? I mean, those were the big ones. The other one is, uh, you know, the assist numbers. Wisconsin had 12 assists. They had they had more turnovers than assists as well. They had 15 turnovers, 12 assists, but 12 assists on 23 made field goals. So over half of their their made field goals, they had an assist on. IU made one more field goal in the game and only had nine assists. Um, five of those came from Robert Johnson. And, it, you know, it just ultimately speaks to how stagnant the offense was and uh, just really unable to to create things for other people. And that was a big one. I think it was the Youngstown State game where they, you know, had a ton of assists in the second half. And obviously, Youngstown State different than uh, Wisconsin, but just the ball movement and the overall offensive execution is just not good enough. And I think you need look no further than, you know, nine assists to, you know, I guess for IU only twelve turnovers is not that bad, even though it was a fairly low possession game. But, um, you know, nine assists. This team needs to create. You know, they they don't have guys that are creating their shots one on one. They don't have guys who are just going to pull up and make threes. Uh, as we talked about, so they've got to do that with ball movement. And they didn't do it tonight, and Wisconsin did, you know, a better job of that either through, you know, through Hap, who we have led them in assists, but you know, a number of different guys had, you know, a, at least two assists, and IU had, you know, one player that had more than one. You know, and the other numbers that jump out, obviously, are what Ethan Hap did. I mean, he is clearly the go-to guy. You knew he was going to get the ball, and he ends up scoring 28 points. Uh, he grabs nine rebounds, six offensive rebounds, had four assists, had four steals, had two block shots. You know, we joke a lot about Ethan Hap because, obviously, he gets lots of calls. And certainly, in the first half, it felt like anytime Indiana breathed too close to Ethan Hap, a foul was called. Uh, and we know about the traveling. But I think you also have to tip your cap because the guy did make a lot of good plays. Ryan's over here rolling his eyes. Is he a senior? Is are we are we going to be done with him after this year? Because I would really like to not see any more Ethan Hap games because he kills us. I don't actually know. I thought he was a junior, but I could be wrong. No, I think he is only a junior. Yeah, I think he is a junior. Oh boy! All right. Uh, but no, what I'll say about Ethan Hap, he's an extremely good player. There's no question. Yeah, he's a junior, by the way. Uh, he's an extremely good player. I've never go pro Ethan. Go pro. I, <laughs> I've never argued otherwise. That's the problem, I think, is that he's a good player and he gets a ton of help that he doesn't need. I mean, he's a, he is. He's a very good player. Um, it's basically than, your same argument against Coach K. That's it's the same thing with Ethan Hatton. No, no, I don't think Coach K is a good coach. There's a difference. <laughs> that's Remember? I, I, that's, right. that's right. Go back and listen to that episode. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, <laughs> no Hap is a very good player. There's no question about that. I, I, what my problem is is that he gets a ton of help that he doesn't need. Like, I'm sorry, he switches his pivot foot every time he gets the dang ball. Like it, uh, people were 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 posting gifs of it tonight. I mean, uh, you know, and then uh, he just he you know you again you breathe on him and he and it's a foul. And it, look, if I were Ethan Hap, I'd take advantage of all of that too. It's not his fault. Um, Someone said in the chat, just think if Hap played for Duke. <laughs> oh God, I think the world would actually collapse on itself, um, and I would certainly uh, quite possibly be dead at this point from the yelling. Uh, but yeah, oh man, uh, yeah, he's just look, he's a good player, there's no question about it. Very good player. Um, and I'm sure Wisconsin fans love him for his traveling and 
softness uh, on on fouls. But other than that, uh, yeah, he also flops a lot, which I didn't ever notice until tonight. So, uh, All right. well, we had we had to get a vintage Ryan Ranton on Ethan Hap, so I just wanted to open that up. Plus, good for you, Ethan. You you keep doing you, son. It allows us to to not have to talk about the gory details of this game, but we will continue doing that uh, here on the assembly call. Plenty of other storylines that we need to hit uh, players that we need to analyze. And so we will do that coming up here on the assembly call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Catch us live immediately following every IU basketball game and every Thursday night on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. You can also view all of our live broadcasts right on our homepage at assemblycall.com, so whatever's easier for you. I am Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips breaking down Indiana's second loss in Big Ten plays. The Hoosiers lose 71-61 to to Wisconsin in the Kohl Center, extending that's it, it sounds ridiculous. You know, it, it sounds like hyperbole when you say like, man, last time Indiana won the Cole Center was when, you know, Luke Recker and A.J. Guyton were playing. It sounds like, you know, names that you would just pull out of a hat to suggest that it's been a while. But that's literally how long it's been, which is absolutely insane. Uh, and that has to end at some point. It felt like tonight would be a good night for it to happen. But Indiana just didn't show up in the second half, uh, which was extremely disappointing, as we have talked about ad nauseum uh, here on the show already. But let's talk about some individuals. Um, and Ryan, you brought up Devonte Green. You know, I thought, you know, he only plays ten minutes. That I don't know if that's a low for him, but it's got to be pretty far down there. And really, just didn't do anything. I mean, he had a couple of turnovers, some bad shots, and he's been a guy that, against better competition this year, has played better and has had some important moments in some of the better performances Indiana's had. And I thought it was going to be important for him to, to kind of step up and play well tonight and that he might have that opportunity with Wisconsin going so deep into their guards, uh, you know, in, in terms of the depth because of the injuries that they've had. And he was terrible, and Archie just didn't seem to have any patience with him at all tonight. Um, what do you make of this performance in particular from Devontae? And you've probably been higher on him than anybody. What are we to expect from him moving forward? Maybe an impossible Look, I, question. I, I thought he would have developed more by now. Um, and and especially with the trajectory that we saw last year through the beginning of this year, I, I thought that he was you know, destined to be one of the better players on this team, especially more reliable because of his toughness, because of his defensive intensity and his ability to shoot the ball at times. But he's just, he's, he's, you know, he's been a flop uh, over the last few games and over the last, you know, stretch. I just don't feel like he's playing very well. And, you know, I'm with Archie. I didn't have much patience for Devontae tonight either. So I, I'm not surprised that he didn't play very much. Um, I, I just see a guy who's out of sorts, who's disjointed. Again, two turnovers, one assist. Uh, you know, he's got to be a guy that makes the offense more dynamic when he's in there or there's no, you know, what, why is he in there? I mean, I know he plays good defense, but you know, you've got to be able to to add something offensively and and make something happen. And he's, you know, he's one of those guys who's sort of the straw that serves the drink when he's on, and he needs to be that guy, and he needs to to, you know, have more confidence in himself. And and it, that seems like a weird thing to say because he's a guy who oozes confidence. But it seemed like tonight the game was just beyond him. It was just over his head, and and that's not something you ever say about Devontae Green. He thinks he's, you know, able to run with anybody, and he should be able to. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that he's a guy who has a, a, a lot of room to grow, but he's got to start actually growing. 
Andy, let's talk about Zach McRoberts, and we'll get to Deron Davis, too, because I think we need to talk about him. But, you know, Zach played 28 minutes tonight. He got the start, you know, and obviously his performances over the last few weeks have just been great, and he's steadily gotten more time, and he's produced. And we saw in those games against Tennessee Tech and Youngstown State a bit more offense coming out, and he made some three-pointers. And we thought, okay, maybe this is a guy who could provide some of that outside shooting. Well, he gets his first start, plays 28 minutes, no points, only gets two rebounds, none of them offensive. And that's been where the majority of his contributions have really come. And he picked up three personal fouls, and those were the only contributions he made to the stat sheet. And you saw in one possession, I think Dockage pointed it out late in the game, where you know two Wisconsin guys were all over McRoberts. I mean, not letting him get anywhere near an offensive rebound. And so, you know, was this a case, do you think, of McRoberts actually showing up on scouting reports now and then people kind of looking out for him and saying, look, this guy's going to fly in and try and get offensive rebounds. We got to not let him do this because it's a big part of what Indiana wants to do. Um, and maybe we saw a little bit of Zach's limitations tonight, and now he's going to have to kind of adjust back a little bit. Or maybe it's the podcast on the Brink Jinx because we had him on for an interview. I don't know. I could could certainly be that. I'm um, blaming you, Jared. Well, we had Andy on for an interview too, and he's done fine tonight. So no, he's been off, man. He is so far. I'm about to come unhinged here in a couple of minutes. So we can't. We're not done yet. We don't know. Um, no, I think he. Um, I think there's a little bit of that. I mean, if you look at the stats, though, I mean, Wisconsin came in. I don't know what they were before the game, but even after the game, they're you know 32nd in the country as of right now in defensive rebounding percentage. So that's an area where they have they've done well over the course of the season, keeping guys off the off the glass, and obviously. Uh, I'm sure they knew that about him uh, and, and being able to try to do that. Uh, you know, he really just didn't even take shots. And if it wasn't for the fouls in the second half, I mean, he had 11 minutes. He would have had, uh, as Mark Tedis would say, he would have had an 11 trillion had he not fouled three times in the uh, in the second half. I mean, that, you know, that's just tough to do. And I think that was where, you know, he was a guy that we've talked about being able to impact the game without scoring. So I don't think the fact that he didn't score was problematic, but just not being able to, you know, make some of those other plays as well. And I, I actually was a little bit surprised when you look after the game about how much he ended up playing because I didn't feel uh, as though he he really played all that much. Um, yeah, you and, didn't notice like, him at all, really. Yeah, I mean, the fact that he played 17 minutes in the first half is astounding to me as I look at that. Which, now. which is strange because you always, I feel like you always notice Zach because he's out there doing Zach McRoberts thing. So and a lot of times you say, "Hey, is that Colin Harmon?" No, it's Zach McRoberts. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so, I mean, did he? So do you think? I guess that's what I mean. Like, was he still out there to, to at least as, as you observed it, playing with the same energy, playing with the same effort? Did he get caught up in whatever malaise kind of caught the rest of the guys? Like, I, you know, I don't know. I'm, it's, yeah, it's, I, I don't know. It, it'd be interesting to see, you know, one of the things with a guy like that, and I think we brought this up with other players. I think we've talked about this with Devante at times is, you know, are some guys just better to, to, not start the game on the floor, get a feel for how things are going, and then be able to come in and really inject that energy. And it may be, it's a one-game sample size. Who who really knows? Uh, but it could be that, you know, is Zach just a guy who could really come in and, and kind of give that injection of energy off the bench? And and how does that really play uh, with him in the starting lineup? Now, the, the flip side of that is, you know, when you go back and look down this game, I mean, it's kind of like Ryan was saying earlier, like you're, you're looking down and trying to figure out like who you'd really put in you know, Doc had mentioned the same thing after the game. Like, I'd go find these guys to start. Well, based on what you saw tonight, like, who in the world are you playing? Um, so I think that becomes a little bit hard if you want to take him out and say, well, maybe he's best suited to come off the bench. Well, then who who takes that spot in the starting lineup? But I, it'll be interesting to see. I, I'm not ready to, you know, kind of declare that uh, not a role that he's ready for or should be playing at this point. Yeah. But I think it's something to watch 
as we go forward, if he starts again against Minnesota and you see some of the same thing, um, you know, is, is he just become a guy who, who is better suited to come off the bench? And that may, that may turn out to be the case. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's in a new role. You know, it, it is, I guess, somewhat expected that he might struggle in that role. But, you know, I, I just suppose we've come to trust him as a guy who is able to produce more than he did tonight. So that was disappointing. Uh, I want to talk about Jawan a little bit, too, because you know, he does end up finishing with 17 points, got a lot of those late, you know, where it was just Indiana needed something and nothing was happening offensively. And they went to Jawan and he just kind of, you know, took it and tried to do his best, you know, did have four fouls, also had four turnovers. Obviously, the foul trouble killed him. Let me say this. Here, here's an issue that I do have with Archie. Um I, I don't like how if a guy gets two fouls in the first half, they're just done for the rest of the half. And I, I get, you know, the philosophy there. You want to make sure that you get that guy to the second Most half without the third foul. One, well, but there, I mean, Crean wasn't like that. That was like, that was one of the things I liked about Crean. But yeah, I mean, but whenever he got the third foul, we always ripped him for it. No, I, no, I didn't. Did. Oh, no, I on. did not. I did not. Because look, that's the risk that you got to go find the tape. And it's go look for the tape because it didn't happen. It did not happen. Um, but th that's one of those things. You know, Duran gets those two early fouls. Now he's out for the whole half. And I just, it can be tough to kind of get back into the rhythm a little bit, you know? And I feel like when you have so few players who are good and can, and, and, and can be productive, you know, playing for that long a stretch without them out there, I, you know, I, I, I understand the reasoning why you do it. I just don't like it, especially when it's early fouls like that. Now a guy's got to sit for that long. I mean, Juwan only plays 22 minutes and he didn't foul out of the game like he finished with four fouls. So how many more minutes could he have played? You know, maybe he fouls out in the last minute or two, but how many more minutes could he have played? I, I don't like to manage my minutes that way. So, I, I mean, do you guys agree with that or am I off base there? Because I, 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 I feel like you foul out your guys a little bit more than they might actually foul out themselves when you manage it like that. I mean, it felt like the challenge for him at that point was, it, to me, it was a case of if you played him, then you got to take him off. You can't let him guard half at that point. But I think you could roll the dice and let him guard anybody else on Wisconsin yeah. at that point. Because you and, need his offense. I mean, yeah. and, and you know, he. I think it was a game because it was Wisconsin's personnel, because they had so few guards, they did play a little bit bigger lineup than probably they they would normally have under other circumstances. But I think that could have let IU play, you know, where they haven't been able to play you know, kind of a, a big guy plus Morgan plus Hartman in, in many games. Those are some of the lineup questions that I got. Like that the like Davis, Hartman, and Morgan, I think coming into the game had never played together over the course of the season. And so you couldn't really you couldn't really do that. But I think it was in tonight's game you could have seen that where you know they played McSwain a ton in the first half, trying to um, you know, just uh, almost give fouls against Hap, quite honestly, um, as somebody in there. And you may have been able to get away with, okay, you can play him and Morgan and Hartman um, together and and have a somewhat effective uh, you know a somewhat effective lineup that that was out there because none of the guards were really playing all that well at that point either. So um, I, I thought there was some opportunity to do that. It's just a matter of you know does Wisconsin go and try to get him in situations where he switched on to half and those kinds of things, which is a risk you're willing to take. But in normal half court setting, let him guard literally anybody else that Wisconsin has and and take your chances on, on that end because you do need the offense. Yeah. You're listening to the Assembly Call IU Post Game Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips breaking down Indiana's 71-61 loss. I just want you all to know, if it were up to Ryan, the show would be over right now. We'd be done. He's I just he, want to be <laughs> banging my head into the wall with this game. I mean, no, it's just, <laughs> there's just nothing left to say. I mean, as long as this team plays with that level of malaise, 
they're not going to win games. And and it's now it's it, rubbed off on Ryan, and he just wants to give up on the show. It's yeah, like, you know what? yeah, this it, is what happens. It's Where's your it's, competitive fire. It's yeah, six. We are not going to quit here. in the second half. It's six fifty out here. I I I've got other stuff I'd love to be doing than than talking about how awful this team is right now. No, I'm 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 kidding. But it's you know. You just it's just depressing watching this team play like that. It just is. And we've seen it before at uh at the Cole Center, but tonight felt different. It felt like in the second half, as things went along, as soon as Wisconsin got a more than a one score lead, they just kind of were like, Okay, well, we're gonna lose, so let's just pack it in. And and again, a lot of that fake hustle, fake, you know, effort w- was clearly on display. And it, you know, I'm just it's not a team that that's not something I'm excited to discuss. And, and, you know, uh, I, I, I'm fine with the loss. I'm not fine with the loss of complete and utter, just mailing it in. Uh, when you have a chance to play Indiana, play basketball for Indiana, and you're just going to mail it in like that. I, I don't respect that. And I don't want to watch that. I, I mean, I think that's a totally fair, fair point to make. Does anybody have anything on Deron Davis? I know I mentioned that we would talk about him, and I mentioned it, in the open. I, 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 just, I guess it's hard to know what to say because, like you said, if he's hurt, he shouldn't be out there. He's he's not running the same as he was before, and I know you know Dockett just absolutely went in on him. And of course, ironically, that was right before Deron made a couple of nice hustle plays. My wife, by the way, while watching the game, <laughs> looked up at one point. She's like, "Who are these announcers? I can't stand listening to this," <laughs> just because they're Dan being Dock- so negative about Indiana. Dan Dockett, big fan of the show. <laughs> But, I mean, obviously, Indiana needs more out of him. I mean, any, you know, calculus of how this team was going to compete in the Big Ten or finish in the top half or win games had Deron Davis playing it, you know, an honorable mention all Big Ten level. I mean, I don't think Indiana can compete and win games without that happening. And he's not anywhere close to that. I mean, this is five, six, seven games in a row where he hasn't been in double figures and has really been struggling. And Archie's, you know, comments after the Youngstown State game, I mean, he basically called the run out for saying that he's playing the way that he's practicing. So, you know, I don't know where we go from here with the but he's a guy said at the start of the year, you know, responsibility for, for production. Juwan's got it. Robert Johnson's got it. He's got it. Those three guys have to bring it every game. And while we can, you know, certainly quibble with what Robert Johnson did and what Juwan Morgan did in this game, they were far from perfect. They did produce, like they put some numbers up. And at some point you just got to put some numbers up. And right now, Duran's not even putting numbers up. Andy, you haven't really talked about him much today. Maybe you have a different angle on this. No, I mean, I mean, you look at the minutes played the last 10 games, he's played over 20 minutes twice. And even those were 21 minutes and 23 minutes. Um, it, you know, so I, I think what we've seen of Archie is that he's going to play guys he thinks give him a chance to win that are going to play hard. So you can read into that however you want. And, you know, I, I feel like we tried to explain away things early in the season. Oh, this isn't a good matchup. This wasn't a good matchup. You know, we've talked about that as well of, you know, at some point he needs to be the mismatch. And and this was a team that he had success against last year um, and just, it, it, you know, immediately kind of took himself out of the game. We had one foul within the first 30 seconds of the game. And, you know, some of his struggles defensively where he he continued to be insistent on coming out and trying to guard Hap 18 feet from the basket. I, I swear there was some stat coming into last year where Hap hadn't even made a shot in his career that was outside of the lane and had attempted very few. Um just why why you want to go out there when you know you know lateral quickness defensively is not an area of strength for you as a basketball player why you're going to go challenge a guy i'd make him make five shots from 18 feet um you know before he really went out on him because then i mean hap would just drive around him every single time that he was there and so it eventually became a scenario where 
you know, he wasn't getting the ball. He struggled to finish around the rim and he couldn't guard anybody. So how are you going to play him? But, you know, I think that's, that's been the, the biggest part is that he has been a liability defensively and he hasn't been able to offset that by doing, by, by really being a, a positive, con- consistent contributor offensively when he gets the ball inside. So at that point, I, I you know, I struggled to figure out how you're going to, you know, how he's going to play a ton of minutes in those scenarios when he's, he's just matchup wise, you know, not really giving you a whole lot at this point. Yeah. Look, here, here's my thing on Deron Davis. He'll be as good as he wants to be. If he wants to be uh, an all big 10 type basketball player, he's going to make himself into an all big 10 type basketball player. If he doesn't and he doesn't care, he won't. Um, it's all about him right now and, and, and drive, you know, finding the drive and he found it this offseason to get into shape he needs to find that drive to work on his game to get better and and be more focused i mean and, he's and, had it in games this year and he's improved sure. i mean in terms of his efficiency so skill wise he's gotten better but these last and, and, five six games it's been all downhill and clearly he has the ability to prove himself when he's challenged and look at the duke game i mean he was the best player on the floor for sections of that duke game um but it's it's a matter of focus concentration and working hard and and you know if he's not practicing hard archie's right to call him out so that that's my thing on it. That guy is talented. We saw what he did as a high school player in Colorado, became one of the greatest high school players in Colorado's ever had, uh, you know, to win two Mr. Basketballs and just dominate the state championship and all, all that stuff. Um, he can be a very good basketball player, but it's on him to, to, to decide if that's what he wants and, and to, to take it upon himself to make himself better. Yep. All right, coming up in our final segment of this edition of the Assembly Call, we hand out our game balls, we look ahead to Indiana's next opponent, and then we deliver our final thoughts on Indiana's 71-61 loss to Wisconsin. That is next here on the Assembly Call. Stick with us. You are listening to the Assembly Call IU Postgame Show. I'm Jared Morris here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips, and we are wrapping up our disappointed breakdown of Indiana's 71-61 loss to Wisconsin in the Kohl Center. Uh, Gentlemen, handing out game balls, never quite as fun in a loss, especially kind of a dispiriting loss like this, Uh, but it's here on the run sheet, and that means that we are obligated to do it. Uh, So let's hand out some game balls. And There's three of us, so we're really going to have to go deep in this one. Uh, let's see. We'll go with Andy first. So we'll give you the opportunity to grab Colin Hartman. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not above taking that opportunity. So I'm going to go with Colin Hartman. Um, no, I mean, in all seriousness, I thought he played really well off the bench. You know, made some big shots in the first half was the only guy to hit a three, um, you know, led the team with 18 points and, and tied for the team lead with four rebounds, which I guess is somewhat, uh, somewhat telling as well. But I thought he, you know, really gave them a spark and had kind of become the guy that, um, you know, I think everybody expected him to be a little bit. I was listening to the latest um, Mind Your Banners with uh, Zach Osterman and, and Chronic Hoosier, and they kind of talked a little bit about, they were talking a little bit about McRoberts and, you know, in the same breath said a little bit that, you know, Hartman hadn't really done as many things as, as um, you know, people kind of expected as he was getting back and they wondered whether that was still him just getting healthy and uh, and those kinds of things. So I think this is a positive sign for him, uh, certainly tonight. But yeah, he had, you know, 13 of those, 18 in the first half, all four of the rebounds in the first half. So certainly production-wise, uh, that dipped a bit in in the second half. But I thought he, uh, you know, really, you know, really helped IU build a lead, particularly given the foul trouble that, um, you know, Duran and, and Juwan had in the first half that he ended up having to play a lot of minutes and uh, really responded well in that first half. And I guess, again, as we desperately search for positives from this game, 
you look at what Colin Hartman did. I mean, he played 32 minutes. I've got to think that's the most minutes he's played in a game this year. Maybe that's a sign that he's, you know, a little bit more healthy. I know people have kind of wondered maybe, you know, is he really at full strength? I mean, he was active tonight, played a lot of minutes, you know, looked like he had good lift on his jump shot. Maybe, you know, is it possible that what we saw from him tonight, maybe we'll see a little bit more moving forward? Um, you know, obviously it could just be an aberration, but perhaps that's one big positive that could come from this game is if Hartman can be out there playing more minutes, we know that Indiana's lineups with him on the court and tonight they were as well. I think Indiana was positive plus minus with him on the court tonight. Um, let me look it up real quick. I, think I don't want to minus. I think he was speed. minus. Uh, yeah, he was, he was the only, he minus. was plus, plus two. No, he was like plus two. Oh, okay. I have a minus three on mine, but okay. Well, either way, he was right around there. I mean, the, the point being, Indiana, even if he hasn't produced a ton, Indiana has played better with him on the floor. Ryan's hypothesis there is it's because it's because dad's out there and no one wants to disappoint dad, you know, which I think is pretty pretty good. Uh, my story and hypothesis. But but more importantly, Ryan, you said Indiana needs a shooter, you know, and he I don't know if Colin Hartman has ever been quite the three point shooter that his reputation has been like the people think he is. But he's a guy who can knock down 38, 39 percent, 40 percent, you know, uh, when he's really cooking. And so for him to go four for eight tonight, you know, maybe that's a positive you can get from this game is him being able to play more minutes, longer stretches, be able to shoot because Indiana desperately needs it. So uh, obviously I'm, I'm filibustering here, uh, lingering on Colin Hartman. Cause I need yeah. to now make a game ball choice. And actually it's pretty easy. I mean, it goes to Juwan Morgan and I don't think it was a great performance from Juwan Morgan. I, I don't want to say it's an empty 17 points, but he got a lot of those points late when the game, it felt like the game was kind of decided, but to his credit, you know, while a lot of his teammates didn't really seem to have a lot of fight there for the final 14, 15 minutes of that second half, it did come a little bit late. You would have liked to see that fire from him a little bit early, but he was still going and trying to make something happen. You know, try to recapture that magic that he had in the Notre Dame game. So, and again, we can't take for granted, especially on this team, guys that go out there and produce. And so for as rough as this game might've been for Juwan, he got in the foul trouble, had the turnovers. He still had 17 points and four rebounds and, and did some other things, had some steals, had some blocks, had some nice defensive possessions. So, I think he's the pretty clear uh, second choice for a game ball tonight. Um, and again, I think it's it's a good sign that he can have 17 points and four boards and you still feel a little bit disappointed like he left some stuff out there on the court. Just it's another sign of how far he's come this year as a player. Uh, and now over to Ryan for his game ball. Uh, I'm giving it to the clock operator who sounded the final horn. Uh, I That was... The best part of the game for me, frankly. No, I, I first of all, I don't know why we all have to give them to different people. I don't know. Uh, that was never a rule that was established. So I'm giving mine to Colin Hartman. I, okay, I, don't I guess that's you, true. I mean, <laughs> I don't it's know. Where new. It's new. We're, yeah. We just started this this year. I mean, so. yeah. And the reason I'm giving it to Colin Hartman is because he played all those minutes, 32 minutes, only had one turnover. Um, so that that's why I'm giving it to him. I, you know, the points nice, and he, he was the only guy to hit a three pointer, but, um, he also only turned the ball over once. So wasn't making mistakes out there. I don't think anybody played great, uh, but he certainly played the best of the guys who were out there. Okay. Very nice. All right. Uh, so I guess the next step here is let's talk about Minnesota. Obviously, you know, this is back to back. We have these venues that we hate. Uh, obviously, the Cole Center, uh, you know, the barn has just been occasionally a house of horrors. Every now and then you'll have a ridiculous performance like Nick Zeisloff's three-point shooting performance a couple of years ago in the first half that saved Indiana's bacon up there. Um, but what what's awaiting... Any chance we can put him in a jersey and just oh my God. say he's somebody else on the roster? How great would he Giant fit Jager on looks team, different, man. but uh, we're just going to roll with it and let him let him play. Uh, 
So I, I will say, we don't need to go real long here. If you want a more in-depth uh, preview, Andy did talk about Minnesota on this week's episode of Podcast on the Brink. We had Zach McRoberts on, uh, and then Andy joined me and Alex uh, Bozich, and we talked about uh, uh, Minnesota. Obviously, we previewed the Wisconsin game, so you can skip right past that stuff. Uh, but you know, kind of quickly here, Andy, what's facing Indiana, and what are maybe outside of you know play with more effort and spirit in the second half, like outside of that obvious stuff, what's Indiana going to have to do to go up there and get a win? Well, I mean, one thing is rebounding. They're currently top 30 in uh, in offensive rebounding percentage. So given what Wisconsin did to IU tonight, that's a huge concern. You know, Jordan Murphy averaging a double-double, I think leading the nation in rebounding, uh, one of the better offensive rebounders around. Uh, that's a big one. They've also got a, a high free throw rate. So again, if you, if you think back to kind of what you talked about as the two, you know, stats that really were, I use undoing uh, it, you're facing another team who plays much faster than Wisconsin, but, but really excels at two areas that IU was exposed tonight. So I think those are, you know, statistically a couple areas to really pay attention to. And then obviously from a player standpoint, um, you know, Murphy's going to be, you know, a tough matchup trying to, you know, keep him off the glass. I think he's averaging about 19 and 12, 19 and 13, something like that. Um, so that'll be, you know, it'd be a big one. Uh, Nate Mason, Sounds like is a game time decision I heard for their game on Wednesday against Illinois. So um sounds like he's close to coming back. So I would assume he'll be in the lineup and they'll be at full strength really for the first time uh in a few weeks with with both he and uh Dupree McBrayer back. So um, you know, a lot of a lot of talented guys. They don't shoot a ton of threes. Um, do have some guys that shoot it well, um, uh, but they really are are a team that really likes to pound it inside and and shoot pretty well. Uh you know, from three on the occasion that they take it. At least I've got a couple guys who have uh, who have shot well so far this season. I think Nate Mason should take the week off. Make sure that he's fully healthy. No need for him to rush it back. Yeah, I agree. He's only shooting 39% on two-pointers, though, and 44% on threes, so, you know, go figure on that one. But... <laughs> Uh, all right, you're listening to the Assembly Call IU post-game show. Uh, we're clearly doing anything that we can to avoid having to break down more of this game. Uh, remember that because you're an Assembly Call listener, you get 15% off your entire order at HoosierProud.com. So if you want officially licensed IU gear, one of our Assembly Call logo t-shirts, or one of Hoosier Proud's unique Indiana-inspired designs, visit HoosierProud.com and use the promo code ASSEMBLY at checkout, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y. And you will get 15% off your entire order. Again, that is HoosierProud.com, promo code ASSEMBLY. I'm Jared Morris. I'm here with Andy Bottoms and Ryan Phillips. It is time for last, goal, last call. Let's, uh, let's tie a bow on this ugly Indiana performance. Another loss at the Kohl Center. Ryan, kick it off with you first so that you can get out of here and go enjoy the rest of your beautiful San Diego weather. Well, based on what's going on on Twitter right now, uh, Apparently, we don't have to worry about playing at the barn, guys, because we may all be dead by the time that happens. Uh, anyway, um, oh, that's not a politics thing. That's just I'm, I'm looking at Twitter, and it's, I mean, uh, anyway. Um, look, this team needs to learn how to play uh, together. It needs to learn. And these, these, these upperclassmen need to have their jobs threatened, essentially. Uh, these guys need to uh, just you got to have some heart and some desire. And if they're not going to display it, Archie Miller is completely justified in benching these guys. Um, so I, you know, let's, let's, let's hope that they learn how to, how to, you know, play with effort, intensity, and toughness. Uh, and if not, let's start playing the younger guys and build towards next season. Because uh, at this point, if you play like this, the rest of the year, uh, there's no point to that. It's like, it's like an NFL team that doesn't make the playoffs, but, 
just misses it. Like, what was the point of that? You know, like you're gonna, you're not getting a good draft pick. You're not going to improve. It, veiled, it's veiled Chargers reference from Ryan yeah. here. Like <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I am so happy that's what happened this year. You have no idea. I was celebrating yesterday. Uh, but no, that's it. Like, what's the point of going nine and seven and missing the playoffs? You know, there's there's no point to that. And and it's kind of like this. There's no point in limping through the season with these older guys playing. Put the younger guys in if if you're not going to get anything out of those other guys. So. That's where I'm at with it. Uh, you know, those seniors need to step up. Those upperclassmen need to step up. And and if they don't, time to move on. Strong words. All right, Andy, last call. Uh, I, you know, I don't know uh, what what to say that I didn't, you know, kind of say in the opening. I think it's just incredibly frustrating given the circumstances, given, uh, you know, what was at stake. I mean, this is, you know, we continue to talk about this. This Big Ten is just wide open. If somebody wants to go and, and grab it, at least at least in the middle part of it, I mean, obviously not the uh, not the title itself, but you know, outside of those top couple teams, like I mean, it's anybody could could really assert themselves, and this seemed like a chance for IU to do that, going into a building where the students weren't going to be there again with all the you know kind of roster depletion that Wisconsin's had and the way that they've played, uh, and, and to really go out, particularly in the second half, and, and just lay an egg and not show a lot of fight is pretty disappointing, and. Um, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing that makes you want, it makes you, you know, think like, all right, well, how many games are left of this? Um, because this is going to be tough to watch if this is what it is. But, you know, like I said at the beginning, I, you're hard pressed to, to walk away from this and the other games of this season and, and feel anything, but, you know, we know who this team is right now and this is what it's going to be. And while there may be a few moments of, uh, of glory mixed in along the way, there's going to be more of performances like this than the other way around. And I think that, uh, you know, it's pretty disappointing to, to see, you know, a veteran group like that, not, not take advantage of the opportunity that was there. And so it obviously leaves you feeling, uh, you know, even less confident that they'll be able to take any kind of opportunity against what is a much better Minnesota team uh, on Saturday. So, you know, for all the, the things that you might've looked forward to and everybody kind of got, their hopes up like maybe this was the chance to, to do that maybe uh when things seem like they're at their worst they'll bounce back and play well uh at minnesota but there are very few things that that we saw tonight that suggest that's going to be the case so uh it now becomes interesting to see whether there are you know lineup shakeups and those kinds of things I haven't really seen any post-game comments from uh from archie at all after the game so somewhat curious to hear what he had to say uh although i feel like it's going to be a similar refrain uh, to what he's had to say after a few games already this season which uh you know to circle back is kind of what really the, the most disappointing part is is it's the same kinds of uh you know issues and performance that uh we continue to talk about feels feels all too reminiscent of uh, a number of the things that we would talk about last year yeah you know ryan your analogy to the nfl is a good one it obviously only goes so far because in the nfl you know you lose more games you get a better draft pick but the thought of you know how are you actually building toward the future how is what you're doing now building toward the future is so relevant and i think that's what's so important for this team like no one i mean the ncaa tournament seems like such a long shot i don't think anybody's even thinking about that the nit right now i don't you know would indiana be on the bubble for that so no one's really thinking about what can this team achieve this season in terms of like wins, losses or titles, anything like that. It's about how can what happens this year contribute to a better next year and lay the foundation that we're looking back on four or five years from now and saying, OK, that really meant something. You know, we really got something from that. And I think the most obvious way for that to happen is for this team to win as many games as possible and create some momentum and, you know, pull a few upsets and, and you know, 
be finish higher in the Big Ten than you think, and and you start to see that scrappy, you know, Archie Miller type team, and it, it you know, you, you kind of see that DNA, and, and you see that start to happen. That was the first option, and I think we all had hope. You know, you see certain games like the Notre Dame game and the performance against Duke, and you think maybe that's happening, and then tonight and other performances that we've seen this year, that all kind of comes crashing down, and it makes you wonder. Okay, Ryan, as you said, you know, at what point is it going to be time to start taking some lumps with some of the younger guys? And you might in the short term lose more games, but maybe that's the way to get something out of the season because those guys are going to be in the future, uh, in, in the program in the future. And if the older guys aren't going to contribute to wins or at least losses that you can be proud of. I mean, it's weird that, you know, we all just wish we could have been proud of this loss tonight and you lose and you can't even, you know, kind of say like, oh, at least we went up there and gave a good effort. I mean, if you can't even do that, then I think you're right, Ryan. You know, what are we doing? And so I don't think we're at that point yet. I think the the season is still salvageable. You're only three games into Big Ten play and we've, you know, seen, you know, in this program, things kind of turn around. Uh, so I think that opportunity is still there as these guys get more comfortable with the system. But, man, with each passing game, it does start to seem more and more, uh, you know, but, but like maybe getting these young guys some more time is going to be the best way to salvage something from the season. So we'll just have to see. Obviously, it's going to be a big storyline moving forward. Uh, but this game tonight, a dispiriting one, a disappointing one. And if Indiana continues to play like this on the road, it's going to be very hard to pick up any road wins in the Big Ten because I know the loss says it was to Wisconsin and based on what Wisconsin's been the last nine, ten years, maybe even longer, that feels like, okay, well, this is you know a top-four team that we're losing to. That's not the Wisconsin-Indiana played tonight. And that context is important because if Indiana played like this against Purdue or Michigan State or maybe even in Minnesota, this could have been a 20-30 point loss. So the Hoosiers really need to figure out what went wrong tonight, uh, fix it, and hopefully they can get that fixed or at least moving in a better direction by Saturday. Uh, and 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 put a much better overall effort and, and, and a better ability to execute out there against Minnesota and make that a better game. All right. That'll do it for us on this edition of the Assembly Call IU postgame show. Remember that our live broadcasts immediately following every IU game are always available on our homepage at assemblycall.com and on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash assemblycall. You can always catch up on demand anytime with our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll find us. And of course, definitely don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join and join our free email newsletter. You'll get our weekly six banner Sunday news roundups, as well as our post-game analysis emails that we send the morning after every game. Uh, this one won't be a particularly fun one to write, but there's always some insightful nuggets. And I always find something for those emails that we forgot to mention on the show that we just didn't have time for. So it's a, it's a good companion piece to the post-game show. So assemblycall.com slash join. Make sure you get on that. All right, thanks for listening. We will talk to you again uh, Thursday night for Assembly Call Radio and then Saturday for IU Minnesota. Until then, keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim. And go Hoosiers. Thank you for being here and for listening to this episode of the Assembly Call. We appreciate it. And we really do rely on the support of audience members like you to keep our show going and to keep growing. And so we have set up a page on our website at assemblycall.com support that lists five ways that you can support the Assembly Call. And we encourage you to choose whichever method is the easiest and most convenient for you. One of the methods is donating, and so many of you have donated, and we appreciate it so much. On that page, you can choose a monthly recurring donation or an annual recurring donation or just a one-time donation, whatever works for you. And if you don't want to donate, 
Another way to support the show is you can use our affiliate URLs, iutickets.shop or iustore.shop when you're going to shop for tickets or gear, and we will get paid a small commission when you use those links. But however you support the show, we appreciate it. Thank you. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger. They're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois.